Welcome or welcome back to the Examine Podcast. Make sure you take time to subscribe so you can receive our newest podcast. Share the link with a friend and tell them that subscriptions will be the easiest way to keep informed. We hope the following discussion leads you to examine and then properly equip yourself to guide and mentor those around you. Welcome back to episode two of the Examine Podcast. This week we started off by reading Matthew 21, 1 through 11. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what the prophet said in Isaiah. Say to daughter Zion, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from trees and spread them out on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's discuss. So, Palm Sunday. Um, This is the start of one of the most important weeks in all of history. So, let's take a little time and examine this picture of a true king. So, to get started, when you think of a king, just your initial thoughts, what are some qualities and characteristics that come to mind? I kind of just think of uh, someone that's powerful, you know, um, military might, um, commanding presence. Um, I think of having lots of people bow down before him and serve him. Think of someone that has all the looks, all the glamour, you know, the big shiny crown, wearing all the fancy clothes. When he speaks, uh, people, you know, listen, respect the authority. Yeah, just to kind of piggyback on that, I think of a strong leader. Um, Certainly, I would think if I'm in the presence of a king, I would would undoubtedly know I'm in the presence of a king. Um, Maybe it's the physical appearance, it's the... Um, you know, just the way that I guess he holds himself, he carries himself, and it could be the way he's dressed. Yeah, I tend to think about uh, somebody who um, demands respect um, and authority. And uh, kind of like Thomas was saying, uh, just an incredible leader, somebody that people look to in times of crisis, uh, somebody that people look to um, for guidance. Um, and when I think king, I think my first thought is I think leader. And so somebody who just leads well. Uh, I, tend to, I tend to think positively when I think of king. Uh, I know you can, you can go either way and a, a, a dictator type king or a, a king that um, led well. And so I think uh, just a leader and somebody who just um, exudes leadership. Yeah, I probably say a lot of movies you see, it's, there's a ton of people around following them too. 
uh, so that leader is there is always a servant or someone doing the work for the king that they don't have to do. Yeah, all that's good. You know, I, I think definitely a ruler. Um, he has has the authority of whatever's under his control, um, powerful. And then, you know, the negative side of the king, you know, can be uh, indulgent, uh, focused on himself, uh, selfish, uh, narcissistic, um, thinking about what he has rights to as being the king. Um, but we see as Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, as the king, he's described as gentle or, or meek, and, and even some describe it as humble. But, but being the king of kings, he had the power and right to do whatever he wanted to do. And, you know, maybe some of the people around him at the time thought that he was going to, he was going to show that power. He was going to bring them back to, to the top where, when they had been down for so long. Uh, but that wasn't the plan. Uh, Jesus freely gave up his rights. Um, now, we understand that there is an importance to rights, you know, it, it allows people to to live together in in a group or a country peacefully, but when we see a society that is constantly emphasizing a person's rights, do you see any problems that can come out of being too focused on your rights? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's kind of the foundation of our um, of our entire Western civilization is kind of the uh, the sovereignty of the individual, individual rights, and and that, that may have had a lot of good social good come from that, but you you lose from that the sense of responsibility to community, uh, and and it can be hard to 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 maintain community. Uh, when everybody is so, you know, set on, well, what am I entitled to? And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, there's definitely negative consequences of that, you know, uh, that outlook. Yeah, when you have the means to make the desires of your heart come true, um, so that no uh, religious leader or leader that has been of a cultish type place has ever gone with like just one wife, it's always been the opposite of that. They always had as many wives as they can and done the things they wanted to and their following eventually gets to where they get what they want because they can. Yeah, and if we think from a, uh, a believer perspective or a Christian perspective, um, if it, basically God's last commandment to us was to go and to make disciples. So kind of everything that we do and we are, are supposed to be focused on is uh, people, right? And so greatest commandment would be love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We're supposed to be outwardly focused. But um, with this idea of being inwardly focused, we forget our, our mission and our goal. And so we become so focused on ourselves that we 
uh, tend to lose sight of our calling. And so that would be another a negative uh, of, of living in that kind of mentality. Well, I feel like, too, it's when you focus solely on your rights, then it becomes a show about me. What is something, you know, what is all the best for me? And then you forget all focus then on, on others then as well. So then you've got millions of people, you know, that are all serving in the best interest of themselves, not necessarily caring for others, loving for others, but it's more so that mentality of what can I do, what's going to benefit me the most, uh, and then that gives up the whole concept of love for others then as well, which I feel like is real important. I think our, uh, you know, our current situation is pretty, pretty unique. Where um, this that we're going through can be pretty tough for some people because a portion of our freedom is kind of being taken away or is limited because there's certain places we can't go, there's certain things we can't do, um, we can't just. Uh, move around as freely as as we're used to. Um, but yeah, rights often put the attention or concern on on yourself. Um, what are the things I'm, I'm allowed to do? But they fail to give any kind of direction or purpose in, in a person's life. Rights do a good job of telling you what you can do, but they don't direct you on the things that you that you should. And and if we look at it closely, kind of like what we've been talking about, ultimately one person's rights are a direct result of someone else's responsibility <laughs> to respect that right. So rights have no meaning without responsibility. Uh, here we have Jesus who gave up his rights, all of his power, in order to accept his responsibility uh, to bear the sins of the world. So we, we've mentioned responsibility. What, what does responsibility mean to you? I mean, I think it's just um, things that you ought to do uh, in order for you know, people and groups to, to flourish, you know, to, to maintain the health and well-being of whether it's your family or your, your job or your church. You know, I think it's, it's those things that, you know, you may not technically be required to do, but, uh, but things that you ought to do in order to, to maintain the health of those people and institutions. And I think certainly, you know, the more that, that you have been given, uh, the more responsible you have, more responsibilities you have um, uh, to, to see to the health of those people and things. The only thing is just being able to respond to something would be a responsibility. Um, two words in one. Um, so if you're responsible for your family, you have a response, but you also have the ability to give that response to it. So... Um, yeah, there's a lot of things like I looked up some digital <laughs> responsibility things today. Uh, I looked at a bunch of like kids responsibility being the kids pastor. That's always the place I try to run first because they try to put it in the smallest terms possible. Um, and just, I mean, there's a lot of things we have freedoms in, but until 
we choose how we respond to them, then that's when our responsibility starts falling in. And that's families, digital, life, everything. Yeah, when I think of responsibility, I think of um, basically having a moral obligation to do something. Um, as, as Christians, we have certain obligations, certainly for, for others uh, as men. We have certain obligations as the leaders of our family. We have certain obligations, and those fall under the responsibility that we have, um, you know, all under the, under the same tree. So uh, certainly different than a right. Um, we have a lot of responsibility, and most of that is for is for others. I think we're seeing that right now, um, maybe more than ever. I'm not, that's why we're talking about this, but I feel like we're seeing – uh, who's responsible and who's not for sure. Um, it's, uh, as Christians though, certainly we have a different, different level of responsibility and, and different obligations. Um, so I guess that's, those are the two words that come to mind. Yeah. And to think of it from a standpoint of the things that push you forward, whether it's from a personal standpoint, organization, society, but the tasks or, Whatever the things are that, that help push us forward, help, help us succeed, help us to take next steps um, are, are the things that we are responsible for. And, and, uh, and, and like, like we just talked about right now is kind of a, a, good, a good illustration of what that looks like because as a society and uh, as Americans, we're trying to push our country forward through this uh, uh, pandemic and so we all have responsibilities that that is to take care of each other by staying inside those kind of things and so it's those things that we have to do to to push ourselves our organizations our families our churches whatever to push them forward yeah I sort of echo off of that Tyler I think just as far as what is a responsibility as far as something that you can do that's more so in service of others as well to improve something to better it uh, you know, as far as how, I guess, the impact of it can vary based on what it is. You know, some of our responsibilities, I'd say, are overall pretty small. But in the grand scheme of things, it's those small things that build up on each other as well that can really uh, collect and have a lasting impact. Responsibility is an obligation that we have to someone or um, to do something. Uh, responsibility means that you're going to be accountable for the results of whatever's been placed under your care. Um, and you're going to be judged by the way you handle what is, what is put under your watch. It gives someone a purpose or a meaning to their life that is, is beyond themselves. So in your life as Christian men, what is your greatest responsibility? Well, I don't want to uh, beat a dead horse, or um, but I think sometimes if we're not careful, we get we we get way too complicated. And I think Scripture clearly lays out what our greatest responsibility is, and that's to love God and to love people. And I mean, and it's such a broad, such a broad idea um, that it kind of encompasses everything. Um, but if we can focus on that, if we can focus on loving God and loving people, then 
we're going to lead our family well. We're going to lead our business well. We're going to uh, we're going to to lead well in situations uh, around strangers. Uh, we're going to love. We're going to love people. We're going to um, encourage people. Uh, we're going to lift people up. Those kind of things. And so, um, it, I, I stole that obviously from the Bible. I didn't come up with that, <laughs> but it's to to love God and to love people. I th- yeah, I think that's perfect. I, mean, I, don't, I don't really have anything to add to that other than. It just, you know, it, it starts with loving God and then kind of works out from there, you know. The next closest thing to you would be your family, and, and it just kind of flows outward, like Tyler was saying, to your family and then your job and and then people you just come in contact with in society. So, yeah, but I, I think that's exactly right. It starts with loving God and loving people. Well, that's how I can't really say it a whole lot better than that either. Than that either. But I feel like, you know, if you love God then you'll be loving other people then as well. You know, love God, love people. And then that's going to spill over in the rest of your life then as well. You know, you're going to be setting that example. Uh, and what I view is, I'd say then my biggest responsibility after that as far as loving God, you know, would be loving for my family and, you know, providing for my family and showing them along the way, uh, you know, be that leader for them. And I feel like, you know, you have to, in order to have that, you have to have loving God as your foundation. Yeah, I think our weight for that will be how do we spend our time. So uh, I think God, really the only thing he gives us that we can do with our own is our time. How do we wake up? How do we love our family? How do we spend that loving God, loving people time uh, as our judges? So where do we put our hearts? Where do we put our resources? Where do we put those things? And so, uh, yeah, just what he's given us and how does that flow out? Um, so is that financially we give to people? Is that we give them our time to listen I think anything is this group is we're spending our time just to talk to men in the community that may be dealing with like hard times at home or away. Um, and I think that's giving back to his kingdom. So, yeah, yeah. It's definitely loving God, loving people through uh, the weight will be through our time. Yeah, I'll just add to that. Certainly uh, loving the Lord God for sure. What that looks like, that is loving people, that is serving people. Um, certainly we're called to make disciples. I think that falls under the same strain uh strand there ultimately that's leadership leadership leading them produces fruit um and jonathan just to kind of add to what you said you know we're all given different gifts i think we have a responsibility to use those gifts whatever that might be um it could be any number of things everybody on this podcast has different gifts and and we're all using them accordingly certainly in this time but uh, in all times that's that's what we're charged with doing so it just it just all falls together. You know, our family is our closest people that we're connected to on a on a daily basis. So a man's first responsibility after he submits to God is his home and his family. Uh, I found a a study that was done some years ago on spiritual influence of different members of the family. So if the child or the sibling becomes a believer, there's a 7% chance that the rest of the family is going to follow. If the wife or mother becomes a believer, there's a 23% chance that the family is going to follow. If the husband or the father was the spiritual leader, 
there was a 93% chance that the home would follow. So men are called to represent Christ on earth for their families. Uh, how, how important do you view your role as the spiritual leader of your family? And mine's difficult because that's my job. Um, a lot of days to wake up and go and Josiah says, Dad, where are you going? I say, I'm going to church. And he says, you're going to Dad's house? Because uh, that's where I spend a lot of time. And so um, for me, like, that's my responsibility as a dad to do that. But it's also making sure, like, checking on Allie once she gets there with the kids to make sure they made it to church. Um, and then when we read at night, uh, we do choose to have a fun book every night. But we also choose to have some kind of Bible-type story uh, that we read to him. That's me or Allie, doesn't matter, um, just as long as that happens with him. Uh, if he doesn't fall asleep on the couch before. Um, but yeah, so it's getting our kids to church is a big thing for us. But uh, I think there's always that responsibility in my mind. They'll go, but I'm a minister. Like my kids will just get it. And that's not true. Um, there's intentional times we have to take just like everybody else to go, do we do devotionals every morning? No. Do we do them every week? Maybe not, um, but they will hear something of a God story uh, when we deem it responsible and, and a good time for our kids to hear it. And so uh, we don't want our kids to hate the gospel because we're making them sit every night, um, but we do try to put them in places where they are hanging out with people. We make our kids give hugs when they're leaving for a sake of like we're showing God's love to others. Um, and so it's very important at home. It's just my actions don't always prove that it's the most important thing to me. I, uh, I think spiritual leadership is, is critical, as you pointed out, Josh, to those statistics. The big question I've had kind of through the years is, what does spiritual leadership look like? You know, that, that to me is a, um, a question that I've batted around for years. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are many, many answers to that question. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think spiritual leadership from, from the, the man of the household is critical and um, yeah, like, like I mean, like I said, the, the proof is in those statistics and, and what we've seen with our own eyes, and you know, just the number of fatherless households that we've all seen and encountered. And um, you know, God clearly has a, a plan for the family, and um, if we don't follow that plan, uh, things uh, tend not to work out as well. Well, I'll start off by saying I'm like Jonathan and. Uh, anything that I say right here is stuff that I've learned and does not mean that I put it into practice on a consistent basis. Uh, I wish I did. Um, but I, like, I think like we would all attest to is as dads and as fathers, we, we fail many times. Um, but me and Erica, when we were engaged, we went to a, a premarital boot camp and, uh, the, the couple that was leading that kind of ended the whole weekend and they asked, they said, uh, why do you want to get married? Like, what's the purpose of marriage? And they went around the room and everybody was, because you're in love and all this kind of stuff. And uh, The guy said, I'm going to give you what I believe is the purpose of marriage. And he said, if you, uh, if you can take the gospel and advance the gospel farther on your own than you can once you get married. There's no purpose for you to get married. 
the real purpose of marriage is for you and your spouse to be able to advance the gospel farther than you can on your own. And that's always just kind of stuck with me. Like I thought that was really a really good thought. Um, then, you, then you can basically just kind of bring your kids into that as well. So then as a family unit, what our, our goal is, as a family unit, is to advance the gospel farther together than we could on our own. And my thought, the way I look at it then is, okay, what I'm doing on a trying to, on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, is lead my family in that. As a team, as a group, as a unit, as a family, we want to continually try to, to use our lives to advance the gospel. So what does that mean? That means, just like Jonathan was saying, as kids, we need to be having, uh, we need to be teaching the Bible. We need to be praying with them, those kind of things. But it's, it's having those kind of conversations. It's showing them what it looks like to live out the gospel and live out that lifestyle that Jesus has for us. And so, um, like I said, I'll be the first one to admit that I'm by no means a, uh, a master of that. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where uh, I think we try to, as best as we can as dads and as fathers and as leaders, Strive to help our family live out what the what the what the scripture and the gospel says that we're supposed to live out. It's a good word. That's great. Yeah, I think Stephen mentioned the word um, critical. I think two words came to mind for me. Certainly, critical or crucial. The other is responsibility. We have a responsibility as the leader of our household, whether it's just your wife or it's your wife and child, or ever how many you have, whoever's living under your roof, um, nobody sees you for who you are like your family. And they see everything. Yeah. They see how you react to things. They see how you really feel about things. They see your actions. Um, and certainly right now, we're all with our families a lot during this time. <laughs> yep. uh, they, they're seeing everything, I promise you. Uh, nothing is hidden right now. So, you know, I, I've kind of always thought of it like, um, you know, I want my little girl to, certainly I want her to be to be a Christian, but I want her to grow up and have a Christian husband and to have, to have a leader in her house one day. And she is looking to me for what that looks like for her. Um, my son wants to be just like me, for better or for worse. He does. And so... He's going to take the good and the bad from me, and I want him to see me as that spiritual leader. I want him to see that so that he can be that. And that, and that ultimately, back to what we said in the beginning, ultimately that produces fruit for the Lord. That is loving God, and it's very difficult sometimes. And you guys just mentioned several things and ways that we can do um, to engage our families and to be those Christian those spiritual leaders, and certainly we— we fail, and we always will in, in several times, but trying our hardest and doing our best and constantly trying to, to seek the Lord, if you're doing that, your family is seeing that. You are being that spiritual leader. It is very difficult, but we're, we have that responsibility, that obligation yeah. to do so. Yeah. One thing I'd say as well, you know, we certainly— have that responsibility. I have that responsibility for my family as well. But I think, I mean, I'm, I'd say we're all pretty huge sports fans as well. I think it's also important that you don't go at it from a 
me standpoint also, you know, with your family, it is real important to have your spouse involved with it as well. And that's one thing I'd say that, you know, we do with Ella every night. You know, um, I typically read the Bible story. And then whenever we're going to bed, Emily's the one that's saying the prayers. And that way, Ella is being exposed uh, from a, a team standpoint, I guess you could say. That it's yes, not yes. coming from one person. Uh, because then that way too, she's able to see it, that it's not just one person, but it is from the family aspect. Um, and then after the girls go to bed, then, you know, there's still so much more that, you know, you do as a couple, you know, building up your other spouse, your spouse then as well. Uh, it doesn't just stay with that, you know, in front of the kids, but then it's also that relationship uh, between you and your spouse as well. You know, I think a hard thing for me too is being a son of a dad who traveled a ton as a kid. Um, is my dad put me in the right places to hear the gospel more. So uh, I can tell you probably 10 different guys off the top of my head that just were those godly leaders in my life. Uh, so my dad was a spiritual leader. We prayed together. We did things together. went to church together. But uh, he also set me up for success when he wasn't in the picture correctly. He did put me in the right home church for my whole 17 years of my life as a kid. I stayed at the same church uh, and had the same godly men leading in my life. And so I think the hard thing is sometimes it's when we don't know how to do things and we're not willing to ask, sometimes just setting our kids up for success too. Uh, and that can be a spiritual leader. Um, I guess like a lot of businessmen would say, um, the boss is probably not doing the grunt work to teach the lower people the things to do, uh, but they put the right people in place to lead them in a way that they can find that spiritual truth. Now, the dad does, does eventually need to be the strong guy. You see the 93% uh, because of the dad's faith. That's not because they were with other men that led their faith. Um, but sometimes it's just putting them in the right churches, putting them around the right people, uh, giving them the right influences uh, that they can see other godly men too doing the same thing that is a spiritual influencer. So uh, I don't have all spiritual dynamics correct, uh, but there are some guys I know that I can go to when my prayer life's not great, that I know they're prayer warriors that can teach me different things to do. Or um, like Josiah, when he grows up, like he doesn't need to be only hear the Bible stories from me. Uh, it's going to be leading him to other people that can do the same. I like this concept of influence we're, we're kind of talking about here. You know, our family knows us better than probably anyone else. They're around us more. They see the the good and the bad they know who we who we really are so whenever we can get that squared away we know we're we're influencing them in a positive light but when we've got that taken care of then we know we're also in the right place to influence those outside of the home as well uh Joshua twenty four fifteen says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So just a few things to leave you with here. We need to ask ourselves, are my wife and kids seeing how important God is to my life by the way I live each day? Am I setting the tone for my family and giving them the example they need to live live by? Am I creating an environment where my wife is, is thriving 
and my children are growing spiritually. Just, just think about what the world would look like if each man took responsibility for the spiritual well-being of his family. Any closing thoughts? I was going to say one more thing that um, it's you know Jesus introduced this kind of revolutionary idea of leadership as being servitude, and and, and so as we're leading our families, it's you know it's not just you know, telling them to do this or, or doing that. It's it's showing them through service, you know, how to be leaders. And I think that's a critical part. I'm not sure we've specifically hit on that yet, but just the, the service, uh, that the attitude of, of serving your family, I think, is critical that our, our children see. Because uh, that's certainly the model that, that Jesus uh, presented for us. Remembering... Um like Josh, like you said, like the responsibility that we have, but also um, in that the God that we serve, and we, we've all talked about how difficult it was to do kind of what we've what we've talked about tonight, and how if we're not careful, we can kind of beat ourselves up over um, uh, when we fail, and just remembering, hey, uh, the Lord's mercies are new every day, um, and if you look at this, if you look at the disciples. They screwed up a bunch, right? And so we uh, we can can kind of uh, play off of that and know that hey, if if today was a bad day, tomorrow can be a great day. Um, and and kind of like Jonathan was talking about, like sometimes we we look back and say, man, we haven't we haven't read the Bible story tonight or this week or this month. Well, we can always read the Bible study tonight, and we can always read the Bible study tomorrow. Um, and so it's just. Uh, I guess my final thought and, and encouragement would be, hey, uh, the past is the past, and we get to focus on the future. And so just keep pushing forward and keep uh, striving to be the man and the dad and the father uh, and the husband that God has created us to be. One other thing I'd like to say is, uh, and we see it a lot, you know, there are a lot of households where there is no father or there is no father figure in the family. Uh, and then especially at those times, you know, you have uh, often sons that are growing up and have no man to look forward, to look up to, uh, you know, not necessarily in the church, but then also in your work field, you can have uh, the opportunity to be a father figure to someone else. Um, you know, you'll be amazed that those opportunities can often, what well, seems like they stumble across you by chance, uh, but a lot of them, you know, there's a reason for it. Uh, and just be on the lookout for those as well. To, you know, there are, you know, there's also single men out there, uh, you know, being able to be that mentor for other people, for growing kids, uh, and certainly be on the lookout for that. So I think the neat thing you said toward the end was every one of those rights that we have with responsibility always have a punishment or a loss. Um, and so for us, whether that's family or whether that's whatever we're in charge of, if we don't hold responsibly even the things we're given, so God has blessed us with great things, our families, technology, fill in the blank. Uh, if we don't hold that with responsibility because there's an obligation, what happens if I mess up on technology? I might lose my family, probably lose my job, or will lose my job. Um, all these things will fall 
off because I'm not holding responsibility to something that's been given to me. So there's an accountability for, because of there's an obligation for me to do the right thing at all times. Jonathan, I thought it was interesting. You, I believe it was this week, the, uh, the Wednesday children's lesson was uh, the parable of the bags of gold. Yep. Um, and how each one of them were, was given something different but they had the responsibility to do something with that. You know, when, when the master came back, he expected them to have, have done something with what they were given. Yeah. And it's crazy because their rights were just to have something. Like it was, mm-hmm. they were given a gift and they had the right to do whatever they wanted to with it. Mm-hmm. But the punishment was, is you didn't do anything with your one bag and you had five and you had two, but, you both double jurors and you just went buried jurors. Like that's not mm-hmm. a responsible way of living correctly. Yeah. yeah. It's good. So just in closing, I would say men accept this responsibility, you know, value and cherish it, cherish the burden of this role that God has given us. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast network. Get out there and serve those around you.